0: It's a season where we got to prepare ourselves, because there's so many things that can detour us off the track of really meeting Christ, understanding what the incarnation is all about, understanding the the urgency of giving our heart to Christ in this day and age because of the evil that's out there, doctrines of of evil and nations are raging, speculations and arguments and everything that comes against the, the knowledge of God. We're supposed to take captive everything, amen, and bring it to, under the knowledge of, of God in our lives. So if you're, if you're uh, distracted um, this season, we're going to try and refocus ourselves, amen, to the things of God. Our great, great Savior. Last week, we talked about preparing for the miraculous, See, when you, have, when you have given your heart to Christ, you are in Christ. You're hidden with Christ in God. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit communicates with you and tells you that you are a child of God. And he lets you know that you're not of this world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. We don't operate in the kingdoms of this world where it's all about the uh, love of power. No, it's all about, in our kingdom, the power of love. Amen? So we we went through this week. How was was the times of your mundaneness this week? Where you just had to kick out like a robot things that you had to do maybe at work or uh, someone, I think it was Kim, stated this week that she hates doing dishes, but She realizes that she's just got to do the chores. She got to get into the mundane. How about the misery of your life? Have you prepared for the miraculous in the sorrow and the misery of of your life and maybe in your circumstances? Circumstances don't tell us who and what we are. The one circumstance that tells us what we are and who we are and whose we are is the death. Burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago. Amen? Amen. So, when you're in your misery, the, the Lord says He wants to give you the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He wants to give you beauty in the ashes of your life. You know why? So you that you could be a tree planted strong, tree of righteousness. What for? For the glory of God. Amen. See, this world is, is a sorry, sorry, sorrowful world with no hope. The Bible says without God, they're without God and without hope in this world. So when they see somebody in the in the in the the raving sea of sorrow and misery, yet they see this weird kind of freaky joy that they have and love and peace. They're drawn to that and they're drawn to the Lord, by the, by the presence of God in your heart and in your life, we're prepared to be God's instrument. Amen? Misery can really sap the miraculous out of your life. Don't let it. Get by it. God can turn your grief into joy. Then there's the mess of your life. Amen? Like I said before, how many have had have made really bad decisions Right now, as I'm saying that, there's a video going on in your mind <laughs> of stuff where you just should have not chosen that way. In fact, you chose poorly, right? Many, many video presentations have gone off in my mind where I chose poorly. But then I behold my Savior came to me in my mess, came to me in my misery came to me in the boredom and routine of my life and said, boy, I got something for you. Forgive me of my sins. and made me a new creation, and he's done that for you. Prepare for the miraculous. Anticipate it. Expect it. We're kingdom kids, amen? The God of the universe, who's made the cosmos came down as a little baby so that we could participate in the wonder and amazement and love of who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is. He welcomes us. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. It doesn't matter about the tribulations that are hitting you from outside or the temptations that are hitting you from within. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You might not... Look like it when you look in the mirror, but you are an overcoming victor because of what Christ has done. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Faith is the factor, is the key that overcomes the world faith in God. So we we prepare ourselves for the miraculous. What do I mean? I'm not saying if you ask for a Cadillac, you're going to get it. No. But that that neighbor that's broken and lost, never heard the word of Christ, he'll engineer a circumstance where you'll be right there to give the word. Amen. Share the gospel and bring a soul back to Christ. Welcome them home to the Father. We prepare for the miraculous. I want you to take a few seconds and ponder some things in your life that you need a miracle for and set your gaze on Christ who is the miracle worker. Amen? He can heal. He can deliver. He can set free. He can provide. He can break down the the bondages of the past and the hurts of the past and in the midst of that, Bring you the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Amen. So now we, we enter into this uh, message today called Prepare to Be God's Instrument. Have you ever ridden a horse? How many have ridden a horse? Okay, put your hands down. Those same people, will you ever ride a horse again? <laughs> Not me, let me tell you. You know, they have these nice little horses that look so beautiful, and you get into the motion, and you're like, oh, this is a piece of cake, because you're like eight feet up in the air, you know? You're walking through this beautiful trail with trees on each side, and, and all of a sudden your horse decides to freak out, man, <laughs> take off into the woods, and, you know, you think you're the headless horseman running through the, the woods. You got to duck, out of the limbs and the, and the trees and everything else we're kind of like that we don't like following the guide we like to do our own thing sometimes we don't let Christ take control of every aspect of our heart our mind, our will, our emotions, our attitudes, our affections but we kind of freak out and go off on our own and let me tell you something, when you go off on your own you get banged up and you get freaked out We're a lot like that horse. We want to be in control of life. We want to hold on to the reins. We do this with the ultimate guide who is God. We want to call the shots and decide how to live our lives and tell God how, how he should be of use to us. Matter of fact, the tendency for a lot of people is to use God instead of letting him use us. God is a convenience store. You stop off, you get what you need, and you keep on going. The greatest experience for your life is understanding that you've been a part of a family and that God wants to use you for his glory. He's got a purpose and a plan that he's created long before time began that you would do good works For His glory. That's why we were created. That we would glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We give God the most glory, John Piper said, when we are the most satisfied in Him. Amen? Our satisfaction comes from Him and Him alone. It's nice having stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's nice having a nice car, a nice house. It's nice having video games. It's nice having golf clubs. I enjoy all of that. But that will never, ever, ever take It's place as number one in my heart and life. It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified, buried, risen, seated at the right hand of God interceding for me now. He is my Lord and He is my Savior. I don't want to use God. I just want to use your love tonight. I just want to use your love tonight. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. We're not caring about knowing you or loving you or giving you the glory. Just wanting stuff from you. It hurts the heart of God. Because he wants this intimate relationship with you. God, forgive us. Come to God with all of our cares, circumstances. We blurt out everything we need and we just walk away and turn our back on Him. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Amen? We fall on our knees before God and say, God, thank you for life. Thank you for breath. Thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. The result of looking at God to meet all of your needs without caring about your life and how you give him glory is a shallow, self-centered Christian experience that basically gets us pretty banged up and freaked out. And you know what always happens when we do that? Who do you think we blame? We blame God. Luke is the third book of the New Testament, records for us the example of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who decided to let God use her instead of just using him. She was fully open to him and became a huge significant, to say the least, instrument in God's hand. Amen. Once you take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a lengthy portion of scripture. Is everybody in for that? All right. If you're in for that say, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, okay? (laughs) Uh, Expialidocious, all right, cool. All right, Luke chapter 1, NLT, verse 26, and even with my glasses, I can't see this thing. (laughs) Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, we talked about her last week, right? She was a relative of Mary. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Miracle. For the word of God will never fail. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. May it be unto me according to your word. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house, greeted Elizabeth at the sound of Mary's greeting. Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whenever someone's filled with the Holy Spirit, if they begin to talk, listen. Amen. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Here's a key passage of scripture right here. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You know, that we notice in... Uh, In our culture for decades, centuries on, that there's an overemphasization of Mary, isn't there? Mary's deemed to be a god. Mary's deemed to be uh, a goddess. Mary's prayed to. Mary's uh, looked upon as uh, someone that we can uh, give our cares to, and she listens, and she understands, and She moves on our behalf. It's not true. She's dead. She was not virgin born. Luke brings out this wonderful aspect of her life that we don't see in the other Gospels. John never mentions her. Matthew, beautiful story of the birth of Jesus. Mary's definitely in that story. But we never see her heart like we see it in Luke. But yet on the same side, there's this underemphasization of Mary, that's a word, where we don't want to go there so we don't look at her life, right? We kind of stray away, and whenever we deal with folks that go to the Catholic Church, we just go like this, stay away, that's evil. We're all on a journey, aren't we? We all can sit down and have a conversation and discuss stuff. Mary didn't die for your sins. Mary didn't come down from heaven. Mary wasn't virgin born. Mary didn't heal the sick, raise the dead. Mary's dead. We can look at her life and see a heart after God. A heart that truly emphasized what it's all about to serve God and to love God. Luke doesn't really bring out Mary as a goddess, doesn't even emphasize her as a mother doesn't even emphasize her as a woman. What Luke brings out in this gospel is a model for Christian discipleship and following hard after God, a person who we all want to be like, men men and women. We should emulate her, want to be like her in her passion and desire to serve God and to love God, especially if they want to follow Jesus. It's in Luke's gospel. Luke brings this uh, concept of Mary kind of worshiping the Lord and humbly bowing down to his, his desires for her life. Um, Jesus attested to this. Luke eight twenty one. Jesus tells a crowd of people, um, a bunch of people came up to Jesus and said, hey, your mother and your, your brothers are outside. They want you. Jesus said this weird comment. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Isn't that something? His earthly family is to be complimented for their faithfulness. It's hard for family members to believe in family members, amen? Because family members know family members, don't we? And we can pick out the, the, the biggest nerve at just the right time and press that and let them see that they are not perfect they are evil and that they have sinned because we have just pushed your nerve James was a brother of Jesus he was martyred for Jesus his earthly brother but Jesus was his god There was a time when I was talking to Zacky and we were talking about me being his father and uh I didn't want to terrorize him by saying he was adopted or anything, you know. Thoughts crossed my mind a few times just to see how he would react, but I didn't do that. He was talking about me being his father, and then we brought up the fact that me and Zaki, we are brothers in Christ. We are brothers in Christ. We serve Christ together in this wonderful relationship. Jesus is teaching a crowd in Luke chapter 11. And a woman cries out, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. Very colorful way of saying, man, how blessed is your mama. This woman thinks it would be wonderful to be Jesus' mother because Jesus is a great man and the worth of women is often determined by the greatness and awesomeness of their sons. Amen. But Jesus said this, blessed rather are those who hear God's word and obey it. Amen. Amen. Jesus is saying, my mother's blessed, not because her womb bore me or her breast nursed me. She's blessed because of her devotion and her faithfulness to the word of God. She believed the word of God. Let it be to me according to your word. In my circumstance, let it be to me according to your word. In my need, let it be to me according to your word. In my illness and disease, let it be to me according to your word. Problem is, we need to know the Word of God, amen? And we cannot appropriate the Word of God in our time of need if we do not know the Word of God. The Lord will bring things to your remembrance, but you got to first understand that you you got to read it and got to know it first, amen? How many of you have been witnessing and testifying to someone, and all of a sudden these verses just start popping out, right? You're, as you're saying them, I mean, you're like, whoa, I didn't know I knew that verse, or I didn't know I knew that, wow. I didn't even know I knew that. It's the Holy Spirit bringing things back to remembrance so that you could speak for His glory and honor. Amen? Mary turns out to be not simply the mother of Jesus, but an ideal role model for all followers of Jesus, a servant of God who embodies this, this faith and faithfulness and humble truth. Mary is identified in Luke as the favored one, as one who has found favor with God Later in the verses that follow this text, she'll be described as blessed among women. Luke wants to make sure that he tells us why she's favored and why she's blessed. Her, Her relative Elizabeth spoke under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and said this, You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Do you want to be blessed today? Believe what the Lord has said. Just believe it. Lay your life out and trust Him and walk in Him. Let's allow God the opportunity to walk us down, the, lead us down the trails of life, ministering the grace and the love of the Lord Jesus to those who are banged up and freaked out by sin, shame, and hopelessness. Amen? we got to stay on track. There's people on the sidelines that are busted up, broken into sin, shame, and we can pull them on into the river, amen, into the trail that leads to hope and leads to life and leads to joy. Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace. I hail Jesus, the giver of grace, amen? Hail Jesus, the giver of grace. There's... One mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Paul writes to the churches, opens up several epistles by, by, by writing to the saints that are in. Amen? The saints that are in. Don't pray to a saint. He's dead. One mediator between God and man. And that's the man, Christ Jesus, your great high priest interceding for you now. Don't get distracted by the speculations and arguments of the world. One mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the one that came from heaven. He's the one that was born of a virgin. He's the one that raised the dead and and gave sight to the blind. He's the one that preached the kingdom of the gospel. Amen. The gospel of the kingdom. Set the captives free, bind up the brokenhearted, raise the dead, heal the sick. John the Baptist said, yo, ho, ho, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's our high priest and we come to him. I nudge the one next to you. There's a gift in the Bible called the spirit of nudge. It's it's not written in there, but it's kind of in there. Spirit of nudge, amen? There's no special saints, guys. There's a special Savior that sanctifies you as saints, amen? There's no special saints. There's a Savior that is interceding for you now, praying for you. He knows your heart. St. Leo doesn't. Christ alone. Mary can't do anything for you. She's dead. But she served her Savior and understood his grace. Let's look at passage of Scripture. The next verse, Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. Here we go. Mary Mary responded... To Elizabeth, who was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that said this, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. This is her response. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant, girl. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months. This was a teenage girl giving praise and honor to God for God's salvation and for God's grace that was bestowed upon her. Amen. Don't you don't you thank God for his grace today? Funny thing about grace. It never points to you, it always points to Christ. Hail Jesus, the giver of grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says, "We have this treasure, the gospel, This new life in Christ, in earthen vessels, in these decomposing bodies as we speak. That the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. Amen? Grace always points to Jesus Christ. Grace never points to a human being. Grace always points to Jesus Christ. Paul the apostle always, always said it about the grace of God. That it was the power of God working in him. Amen? Jesus told Paul, my grace is sufficient. For in your time of weakness, I am your strength. I will be your power. Amen. God uses people only by his grace. The word favor refers to his gracious choosing of an instrument. Mary was a sinner saved by grace. When we testify of God's grace, we're giving him the glory and letting people see him as preeminent and not us. We're not favored because of our position, because of our standing, or because of our talent, or because of our ability. Amen? What did I just say? We're not what? It's not that you can speak well, or play a guitar well, or sing well. That's not why we're favored. We're favored because God looked upon us and said, I want you. Amen? Amen? That's the grace of God. The grace of God can barrel through anything in this life. Where sin abounds, the Bible says, grace does much more abound. If you're dealing with sin right now, give it up. Repent, confess your sins and let the truckload of grace fall on your head. Amen. And let the kingdom of God come down on your head and in your heart and in your life. Where the grace, where where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. By one sin, the whole world experienced this sin. By one act of righteousness, many shall be filled with righteousness. Amen. So we give glory and praise to God. He uses us only by his grace. Only by his grace. Secondly, God uses people who are available. Isn't it true? You gotta be fat. Okay? You gotta be fat. You gotta be faithful. You gotta be available. You gotta be teachable. And you gotta be willing to learn. You gotta be willing to learn and be humbled before God. You wanna be exalted? Understand this that God is gonna humble you. A lot of us don't wanna be offended. You know what? Get over it, people. You will be offended. And people in this church will offend you and they will hurt you deeply. Because we're all human beings, we're not perfect. The only perfect one is Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Get some tough skin and get a soft, soft heart and serve the Lord with gladness. Amen? Yeah, you will be offended. I've been offended time and time and time and time again. Cursed out, oh yeah. Cursed out several times. I wear that as a badge, in fact. No, uh... (laughs) You look at their need and say, whoa, man, that that person needs Jesus. Don't get offended. Pray. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed. If you are offended by someone, go up to him and say, yo, bro, I should smack you. But you know what? I love Jesus with all my heart. I forgive you. I forgive you. See, the Bible says that they will know us. They will know us by our love for one another, how we treat one another. How we hurt one another, but yet how we come together, right? (sighs) Best thing about breaking up is making up. Amen? (laughs) Forgiveness and love and joy. God uses people that are available. Make yourself available. And understand this. Sometimes you won't get a thank you. You won't get a pat on the back but you'll be blessed because you make yourself available to God and Jesus Christ himself will reward you with his presence. There's a lot of verses on the spiritual formation sheet that you can take home and, and, and read. The kingdom of God is not a lot of talk, right? It's about power. Power that tra- changes lives and transforms lives. God uses... People only by his grace, God uses people only that are available, that are fat, faithful, available, and teachable. God uses people in his own power, amen? I've said it several times when I was growing up, I had a stuttering problem. And now I'm yapping and you're looking at your clock and you're like, man, when's this kid going to shut up, right? Thank you. It's only by His power and grace that I'm here. I'm not a talker. You operate in the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. You can do anything. Without Him, you can do nothing. Amen? With Him, you can do all things. Doesn't that encourage you today? In your ministries, we have people that serve week in and week out ministering. They don't get enough thanks. They don't get, get enough blessing, but they keep serving. They keep making themselves available. They keep giving and giving and giving. Why? Because they understand that they're living their lives as an instrument for the glory of God. And there's nothing like living in the favor and blessing of God as he looks down upon you and gives you more grace to fulfill that more call in your life to serve him. Amen. God uses people in his own power. Wait in uh, wait in Jerusalem. You will be endued with power from on high and you will all of a sudden become my witnesses. Amen. You'll start yapping and gabbing about the greatness and the the wonder of God. You'll start doing things that will give glory to God. You'll start changing your life. You'll start saying to your family, hey, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Choose you this day, which way you're going to go. But my house is going to serve the Lord. Gather your family around. Make a new commitment this Christmas and prepare yourselves for the miraculous. Prepare yourselves to be God's instrument. Amen. God uses people for his own glory. If you want glory for yourself. Run naked down the street. Okay, All right. Because you're not going to get glory in here. Amen. All the glory goes to Jesus. All the praise goes to Jesus. God always has his own reasons for using people. And he's never obligated to tell us the purposes and the reasons why he wants to use us in certain areas, in certain ways. We just trust him and we understand that he's a good God and he knows the best for us. He thinks a little bit differently than we do, don't we? Sometimes, do you get this? His thoughts are not our thoughts. Right? His ways are not our ways. Yeah. Yeah. God uses people for his glory. He used Mary to birth Jesus to save others. God used Mary so he would receive all the glory. A young teenage virgin. What in the world were you thinking, God? But it turned out pretty good, didn't it? For his glory. Hail Jesus, giver of all grace. Shed your grace upon us. Forgive us to pray into things that are dead. Forgive us to look into things that don't give power, don't give life, don't give newness of life. We focus our attention on Christ and Christ alone. Christ and him crucified today. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he takes away your sins and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And now, go figure, He wants to fill you with his spirit, sanctify you, set you apart for the kingdom of God on this earth so that the glory of the Lord will fill the earth and Christ will be glorified. Hail Jesus, giver of grace. Today, you are the saints of God. Father Baker has nothing over you. You understand that? St. Leo has nothing over you. St. Jude has nothing over you. You are a saint of God. Because you've been sanctified and set apart by the Spirit of God to live for His glory, to do His bidding, to be an instrument of God's power and grace. We'd love this for this church to grow. We'd love for this church to reach Lives that need to be touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be done by programs, by events, by a cooler worship team, a better tasting coffee, or a kids' ministry team that comes from Las Vegas. It's going to be done by each one of us looking at a neighbor. And seeing the brokenness and the sin and the shame and the lostness in that soul. And saying, God, I'm going to pray for my neighbor that my neighbor will come to know Christ. We don't want transfer growth. Listen, if you've come from another church, that's awesome. We're called Steel City Church. That's, That's fine. Okay? But we want new souls in this joint. Amen? We want souls that come to know Christ, born again, born into the kingdom of God. Where their their hearts that were once dead in trespasses and sins, their lives become quickened to the things of God. And they can truly say, I am forgiven and I'm loved by God. So. Next week, we're going to speak on prepare to meet the Savior. Next week, we're going to have cards. We're going to have a line that comes down the card. Your name is going to be on one side and a neighbor or a friend or a loved one that you're praying for is going to be on the other. And we're going to believe God for people to be born again by the spirit of God and come to know Christ. Amen. Come turn to the gospel and know Jesus Christ to be born again into the kingdom of God. Would you be willing to pray for someone this week, every day, a neighbor, That's lost and broken. A neighbor that doesn't know Christ. He might have everything that he needs, but he doesn't need the one thing that he has to have, and that's Jesus Christ as Savior. Amen? Let's get down to really praying for our neighbors. Let's get down to ministering to our neighbors. My neighbor came out uh, across the street and he saw my license plate, JDS. And he was talking to Stephanie and he says, Hey, that's pretty cool for, for your husband. Because that's Jesus does save. Amen. Woo. Jesus does save. You know what? Our God still saves. People are still lost. One day every, every tongue will confess and every knee shall bow. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord. They need to do it now, don't they? Let's pray for that one person, maybe that one family member to come come to know Jesus Christ this week. And we'll we'll, we'll gather our cards and we'll have a, a joint effort as the body of Christ with one voice, lift up our prayer to God next week, ministering to God and asking him to save, 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 save to the uttermost. Amen. Now you're really saying, when's this stuttering fool going to shut up? It's 20 to 12. I'm going to shut up right now. Listen. You want to be freed from things that are a heavy, heavy weight on yourself? Don't think of yourself. Think less of yourself. Think of others. Think of how you can bless others. Joy is Jesus, others, and you. Amen? Have the joy of the Lord as you look to others and how to minister to them in Jesus' name. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. We thank you that you came down from heaven, left your throne in splendor and glory, was born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lived your life to the glory of God, Sinless life, healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you said something that was very familiar to what Mary said. Mary said, let it be according to your word, Jesus. You said, not my will, but your will be done. And that's what we say today for our lives, God. Let it be according to me, according to your word. Not my will, O God, but your will be done in my life and in my family in this church, in this community, in this nation, in this continent, in this world, oh God. So Lord, as we leave this place, stir us. Stir us as it concerns our neighbors. If they don't know Christ, if they don't know you, we pray, oh Lord, that there'll be a time this season where they'll understand who Emmanuel is. God with us. Give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys.